0: the Mind Vine podcast, where we challenge the stigma associated with mental illness through conversations about a variety of issues impacting mental health. Here, we bring you news, views, and interviews that intrigue, educate, and celebrate recovery. Leading us on this journey are the hosts of the Mind Vine podcast, Daryl Mathers and Chris Bovey.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the Mindvine podcast. Uh, my name is Daryl Mathers. I'm with my co-host, Chris Bovey. And this is our third and final special edition of the podcast for our 100th anniversary. We are celebrating a century of care. we have an audience with us today. So we haven't actually, you know, the other podcasts we've done, we haven't applauded. But thank you all for being here. I think it really adds something to the event. This is a very exciting day. So thank you for making time. Um, We've had a couple different guests today uh, with different stories and we have a very inspiring story with our guest here today and Allie Walker. Allie, welcome.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: So Allie is a is a country musician uh, but she's not necessarily one that uh, you might think of when you think of uh, country music and maybe some of the traditional uh, artists associated with it. She's uh, She has a brand of music that I think really plays well with uh, what we do here at Ontario Shores, which we'll get into. Um, But I was wondering, Allie, maybe you could just first tell us a little bit about you and growing up and how you got into music.
0: Well, first of all, I didn't know that a few years ago you had something called mindful music. (laughs) And I call my music Mindful Music and Conscious Country, and I swear I came up with that. So thank you for not trademarking it. We didn't? Yeah, you didn't. I think
1: we really missed an opportunity there.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, what was the question? Just. <laughs> 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 Good start here.
1: Yeah. Just take us through uh, your introduction to music.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm from... Prince Edward Island, and I moved to Toronto when I was 19, which was 10 years ago, uh, to have more opportunities in music. And I really didn't start singing until my senior year in high school, and which is actually kind of late. for I was a late bloomer in the singing world, and I just auditioned for my high school musical. I ended up getting the lead role, and my parents were completely shocked because they never heard me sing a note in my life. And I just got the bug, and that summer I took lessons from the professor at the university there, and I said, make me good enough to get into the vocal program. So I spent a year at university as a vocal major. Did not enjoy it. (laughs) Um, I mean, I learned lots, but it was classical music, and I really loved country music. And so I just packed up, moved to Toronto, and really had nowhere to live for about a week, lived on my friend's floor, and then she kicked me out, and I just kind of walked up and down Young Street until I found That's an apartment. That's a country song right there. Isn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs> oh, God, it was a bad time. But uh, found a place, and um, ever since then, I've just been kind of paying my dues, as I should say, uh, playing all the bars, singing anywhere I can, um, going to Nashville, writing songs, really just ticking all the boxes of development because one of my songs that you'll hear here is about being a perfectionist and I really wanted to make sure that my first first impression was a good one so I basically spent the last 10 years working on my craft because I was a late bloomer and that as a musician and as just, you know, a typical blonde country singer, you kind of have to find something that separates you from the pack. And I was always trying to be the next Taylor Swift or trying to be the next Carrie Underwood and it really wasn't organic to me. And I went through different things and my journey and one of them was not drinking anymore, and I was singing songs about like breakups, booze, and boys and i 'm happily married, and i don 't drink anymore, so I was like, well there's nothing left to talk about <laughs> um, and but I just started talking about what was actually going on in my life, and that was you know my mental health journey journey and you know, social media and how that plays a huge role with comparison and judging yourself and learning to love yourself and working through perfectionism or anxiety or depression and I was just writing songs for myself and not really expecting to share it with the world. Um, And then I did and it ended up getting a good response because nobody really talks about mental health in music and especially not in country music. So about a year ago, I started putting out one song every month. um, And then last month, I guess, I put my first album out and it's under... I call it The Basement Sessions, What I've Learned So Far, because I lived in Hamilton and I wrote and record everything in my basement, exciting life, <laughs> and uh, it's called What I le- Learned So Far because it's literally just what I've learned so far, and I call it Mindful Music and Conscious Country.
2: So we're happy that you're using Mindful Music and we gladly gift that to you to okay, use. Okay, thank <laughs> you. We have a theme because we, when we first started here we ran a, a speaker series called Let's Talk mm-hmm. Before Bell. Oh, so, yeah. We gotta trademark some of these things. We're a little late out of the game. What gate. the heck? Yeah, I know it's our bad. But I'm just curious. When you made that decision to, to write about those personal things and mental health, was that a was that a tough hill to climb? Were you a little nervous about if I do this, is it really are people going to listen? Are they going to judge me, or is this sort of from a career path a, a bad road to go down?
0: Well, I kind of started really diving into my mental health because I had really, really bad acne for many years. And I was just on this long journey of like hating what I looked like when I looked in the mirror. And I think that self-confidence can play a huge part in really diminishing your mental health and your self-confidence. So I was just looking in the mirror, hating what I looked like every day and it, and it wasn't going away. So I had to go on the path of loving myself no matter what I looked like. And I was sick of just kind of hiding. I was that typical Instagram girl. Face tuning the crap out of my face and really not portraying what I actually look like online and I got sick of it and I I just posted a picture with like a full inflamed face and I said hey I've been lying to you This is what I actually look like and I just expected everybody to unfollow me because at that point I had the wrong followers because I was posting those fake pictures and It was actually the complete opposite because I got a just a plethora of messages of people saying, oh my God, maybe I don't have acne, but I can relate to you because I have this scar that no one's ever seen and I've only worn long sleeves or, you know, I'm dealing with this and nobody knows about it or you gave me the confidence to just go to the grocery store without makeup, which just seems small, but it's actually quite big if you've never done it. and." That to me was like, yep, this is what I'm meant to do. I don't care that I might not write a hit song about, you know, being in my Daisy Dukes in a truck because that's not me. And you know, I can deal with not having commercial number one success in that world until we start becoming more comfortable with talking about things like this, which I think we are, which is amazing to me. If I'm impacting somebody that means way more than any of that.
1: And you talk about your mental health journey, um, when we talked the other day, uh, you just mentioned your childhood and and some of the things that you struggled with, but didn't really understand until you were an adult, and I'm wondering if you can kind of elaborate on, on what you experienced growing up.
0: I think, well in my, I grew up in, in PEI and maybe we just maybe just in my family, we didn't really talk about mental health, Um, and I think that's probably the case for a lot of people back in the day, and I, back in the old days, (laughs) I dealt with really, really bad anxiety since I was very, very young, and to the point where I couldn't even go to my friend's house without getting sick. It was just, that was what my body did. When I got nervous and, and anxious, I just got sick. So my friends knew if Allie's coming over, she's getting sick. And that led to, you know, first day of school, first day of basketball camp. I was just such an anxious person, but I had no idea what that meant. I thought that was just, I, you know, we did, there's no words for it back then. And that went into performance and I have no idea why I chose this world of performing and being in front of people because I dealt with really, really bad performance anxiety, social anxiety for a really long time where I, you were just asking me about if I've ever performed in Oshawa and I performed at the corral years ago. Um, It was a KX96 like singing karaoke contest. And that's like the most vivid memory of like exactly what I would go through every day of, Pete Walker was saying, and here's Allie Walker, and I was in the bathroom throwing up because I was just so nervous, anxious about, you know, people judging me, and especially it was a competition, and just caring about what people thought of me, and I think that plays a big role of you're just always worried about what people think of you, what do you look like, what you're portraying, and um, that was... I was like, okay, something needs to change because I can't live this anxious life every day. And that was when I started diving into, you know, what am I telling myself? What's my self-talk? Is it negative? And I have a song called Love Yourself and it came from having the acne and really diving into what am I thinking? What's my negative self-talk? Would I ever speak to somebody else the way that I speak to myself? Absolutely not. And then also being in this industry and trying to find yourself and having the pressure and having the pressure of, you know, age and having a career by a certain age, it was just like all piling on to my mental health. And, you know, I I call my album The Basement Sessions, but it's like that was also my mindset. I was just in a basement and of my like mind, too, because it was just negative, negative, negative. And I had to somehow twist it into the positive. And I didn't want my music to be negative. I wanted to find a way of how did I get through these things and what I learned and how did I spin it to a positive so that I can maybe help somebody else through the stories of each song into something positive.
1: I I just think about how difficult it must have been when you're trying to make a career in music and you have an idea of what commercially sells, right? And you know, like, we all have a picture of what a successful musician is commercially and in country music, there's a certain image and you're making a decision to basically do the opposite of what you're seeing on, on YouTube or in the radio or all that stuff, you're, you're consciously making a choice to go in a different direction. And how big of a, was that a, a struggle, like whether, whether it was with yourself to make that decision or was it like with the people around you, were they supportive of you, kind of taking that d- different direction?
0: I think the response from like media or public actually has been really good because I mean thankfully we are so much more open talking about mental health and even you said you know there's a waitlist for facilities because people are so much more open and willing to take care of their mental health. Um, and. But because my family didn't really talk about talk about any of these things growing up, I would send them a song that I wrote, um, and they're like, "Hey, what's going on? Is you know how are you feeling?" And that was basically my cry for help, of like, "This is how I'm feeling, and I don't know how to say it, so I'm going to write a song and then send it to you." Um, so my family actually had to go on this journey with me because I also stopped drinking two years ago, which. I wrote two and a half pages of Why I Should Never Drink Again, and a lot of them were, you know, mental health related. And when I posted my one year sober post, um, my family was like ashamed and shocked because they didn't know, because I, I was uncomfortable talking to them about my mental health, and they didn't know kind of the state I was in. So for them, it that was my biggest journey of people accepting like what i'm doing and talking about was like my parents and my family because i wasn't comfortable talking to them about it And so when they heard it from me through songs or through podcasts, they're like, hey, be nice if you talk to us about this every now and then. (laughs) But sometimes your family is the hardest people to talk to, right? So for me, I turn to my husband, I turn to podcasts. There's so many resources out there now. Um, whether that's a therapist, whether that's a doctor, whether that's somebody that you're comfortable with. I was more comfortable with listening to a podcast where someone had gone through the same thing as me, where I can just listen and say, oh my God, somebody else has gone through this. Um, And it made me more comfortable because I realized that a lot of people can tell you the same story or the same way to get better, but it's that one person and the way they deliver it that really sinks in and for me, if I could be that one person for somebody else because they learn or they heal through music, then like I need to do that.
2: And You talk about that moment, sort of that catalyst when you put the real you out on, on social mm-hmm. media and you saw the response. Did that change how you, um, people you followed, things that you follow on social media, did that change how you saw other people and maybe change your habits?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, social media has a huge, impact on teenagers and young people and me in my 20s, um, I can't even imagine growing up with social media now and like posting pictures at such a young age and getting comparison or going to school and hearing someone talk about you. I I got that through like MSN and MySpace back then. But doing it now, I mean, it'd be so hard and for me, even in my 20s, I started following all of these like swimsuit models and all of these people that I apparently wanted to look like and I thought were perfect and they did nothing. They just woke up and looked like that because that's what people portray on Instagram, and people can say, "Oh, it's not real," but you still think it's real because that's all you're following and that's all you're looking at. And the second I was like, "No, that's not the right," even if they're really nice people, it's the way I portrayed it. So I. Unfollowed everybody, and then only followed like speakers or authors or musicians or people that were doing good work in the world. You can create your reality in that way of what you're consuming. So unfollow all the models. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it must be really tough, though, in your profession. You're trying, yeah. like you're trying to establish a brand, and yeah. you're, you know you're trying to further your career. And social media is a real key component to. To uh, music these days,
0: yeah, and I I do care about you know doing my hair or wearing makeup. So there is like that fine line of caring but not caring too much, and there is still for me like selling, and I don't. That's like a weird line because I don't want to sell, but it's also like I I like to make money someday. you know what I mean? <laughs> So it's, it is weird because I still want to be very authentic. And to me, I've connected with my audience by just being myself, being vulnerable, talking about things that people are uncomfortable talking about. And to me, that's really just selling me, selling my story. And, and if you like me, let's be friends and let's listen to music. So,
2: I think that's really important in your music, too, is you're, you're not preaching in your music. You're just telling a story, telling your story, and hopefully people will find something in there that they can take out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe maybe you could describe a little bit about the writing process that you go through when when you're doing your music.
0: It's always what I'm going through at the time. So I have a song called Sunny Day, and it's probably like my most most in-depth song of um, dealing with anxiety and depression and really just wishing that every day was sunny, but it's not. And some of the things that we do in order to kind of get us out there, and I kind of build my tool belt when I'm in those spaces of uh, the low and the depression or anxiety where I know can kind of pull me out of those things. So whether that's people like to work out, me not so much. (laughs) Um, I like doing, you know, yoga, meditation. Uh, Some people do like having a glass of wine because it just kind of takes the the edge off. So I think finding whatever works best for you, and I just kind of put that into a song. Um, And then I have a song called Take Your Power Back, and that's about bullying, which was another whole journey of mine of, you know, dealing with girls in school that just would not give me the time of day and, you know, bullying. Um, And just what I'm going through or what I've gone through, and it's literally what I've learned so far. So it's just what I'm my own journal entries just saying, hey, this is what I've gone through, maybe I, it could help you.
1: What you're doing now, maybe you can kind of describe like some of the events. Like you mentioned, uh, the bar scene is not something you're, you're interested in. It doesn't really um, fly with the type of music that you're, that you're performing. So what are the, some of the things, the opportunities you've had since you've kind of, um, kind of developed your own genre?
0: Yeah, I, like you mentioned, if, you know, I'm not potentially going to have that number one song on radio because they love those songs about trucks and drinking. Um, the events I'm playing are completely different, but they mean so much. Like doing something like this, speaking to you, I would rather do than play at the Oshawa Corral, let me tell you. <laughs> I mean, great place, but not for me. So, But I, that was a part of my journey. I spent the last 10 years just putting myself through the ringer of playing places like Oshawa P- Corral, playing lots of weddings, playing lots of corporate events. But oh my God, soul suck- sucking <laughs> to the nines. And it's just the worst. So I've really only come out a year ago as a uh, solo artist because I spent the last 10 years really just trying to figure out what I wanted to say and who I was as an artist. But now I'm playing you know, Girl Talk Day, which was uh, an empowering event in Toronto for 1200 girls, which is great, ages 12 to 18. Look that up if you have children, it's really awesome. Um, You know, I played California at a women's empowerment event. I'm gonna play Kelowna next year at a charity called Third Space, which is, um, I think it's a mental health charity. And I'm just, I would, I'm just so happy that I'm in this space. Like, look at everyone. They're just so nice. Everyone has a good face on. No one's hammered. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Maybe you are. That's okay. And, you know, we're just having a conversation, you know. A, a listening audience is nice.
1: What, uh, what are some of the messages in those events that you've, uh, specifically to young people that um, they used, you, you try to deliver aside from your music? Because I think you're doing a bit of, you're starting to get into speaking a little bit and and Connecting with uh, with younger people. So what are some of the things that you're that you're trying to relay to them?
0: For younger girls, it's really like what I talked about the whole social media thing and you know, I have a cousin that's going through exactly what I went through in school and I think you can get wrapped up in in the moments that you are in as a young person But that's not where you're gonna be forever and for me in grade 11 I had to just make that switch of I only have two years left. I can, you know, separate myself from the people that aren't good for my mental health, and I am I can get through this. And just that whatever moment you're in now isn't always gonna be that moment. And I have a song that I've never put out called Pain is Temporary, and it's it's exactly that. It's never gonna be forever, and you're gonna be able to find ways out of it. And I, that's my um, kind of bit on younger girls, but I also talk a lot I work with the Brain Tumor Foundation of Canada, and I have a song called Fight Till the End because I wrote it for my uncle who's unfortunately he just passed, but he was battling uh, cancer for five years. And um, it's called Fight Till the End. And just the fact that I can kind of have songs that are in the space of empowering and mental health, but also can talk to so many different people, um, I think that's cool too, so that I can just kind of talk about life. Instead of, you know, the basic things. There's so many aspects of life, I feel like I'm never going to run out of topics. I thought I had it all figured out like a month ago. And then (laughs) I was just, I went, I got in this real low space. And, you know, I'm working on patience right now. I'm working on surrendering right now. So then I write songs about those things. And it kind of helps me pull out of those areas.
2: I want to ask a little bit about the music industry itself. And there have been a lot of... Articles and stories I've seen from artists coming out talking about mental wellness among musicians and I saw mm-hmm. you know uh, passion Pitta talked about mental health and recently um Mino you know, Versteeg with Colorado started a label and they pay $1,500 for every new artist mm-hmm. for their mental health yeah. that they can use towards mental health yep. I'm just curious with the pressure of the industry to make money get as much money out of an artist as you can mm-hmm. traveling on the road mm-hmm. do you think we're the industry is changing or what was your perspective when you started to write about this from the from the music side of it That are often looking at just profit making.
0: I Think it's actually changing a lot and changing quick because I've been going to Canadian Music Week which is a conference in Toronto every year and They have whole sections on mental health now and they have people coming in my friend actually has a company called fit on tour and It's all about taking care of your mind, body, soul while you're on tour. Uh, I have never done an Across Canada tour, but I know now because you see people, like the documentaries like Avicii where, you know, people just really didn't have his back and his mental health when he was like, I can't do this anymore because they were just all about money, money, money. And unfortunately he committed suicide. And you know, Justin Bieber, I had tickets to his concert and he canceled it. And I can think, oh, well that sucks but he had to take care of himself you know and he thank god because you know people were pushing him right from the get-go so because i am 29 and i've kind of figured out what my triggers are what works what happens when i don't eat good or work out or whatever i now know that once i go on you know a radio tour where you're waking up at 5 a.m I need to go to bed at 5 p.m. in order to wake up and be able to meditate and get myself in that right headspace. But if you're just signed to a label, young, going, 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 and they want to make money off of you, I'm not interested in that whatsoever. I'd rather take care of myself and be able to do this until I'm 70 than just have you know two years and then burn out.
1: There, there are so many things that you, know, you mentioned just now and with your music that as a father, I... I really value for young people because you see um, the in the media we we don't see a lot of things I think are of there's a lot of value there there might be but it just seems uh, like it's just done there for a hit or it's you know everything's so uh, like choreographed or constructed to to make money and I think what you're doing is is phenomenal and and I should be commended for so being so true to yourself because it's not easy. You're doing something that there's a reason why people don't do this because because it's difficult to make money. It's difficult. Really? So it's a difficult road, right? <laughs> Darn. <laughs> <But> hopefully, <laughs> all good. But hopefully, people like hopefully it pays off for you and uh, your career keeps going um, the way it is up.
0: Well, thanks. But to me, it's like I really had to figure out what my values are and and why I want something. Like, yeah, I might might want that. Beach house in Malibu, but is it really gonna make me happy if I had to do this, this, this in order to get there? I'd rather, you know, I live on a farm in Brantford, I'd rather do that and live in nature and be happy in a small little cabin and write songs than, you know, something where I might have had to sacrifice my mental health to get there.
1: So, where can people learn more about you and what you're doing and
0: where to Mm -hmm. find you? You can follow me on Instagram at Allie Walker Music. I am also a model, but I swear, I don't post model-y pictures. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, I love when people reach out to me on Instagram because, I mean, it's all about conversation. I've had so many people help me that if I can help somebody else, but I also remind people that I'm not a professional and these are literally just what I've gone through in my stories and really, I know nothing. (laughs) <laughs>
1: um, well, you brought a lot of value here today. Oh, thank thank you. you very much uh, for being part of our 100th anniversary celebration. It's been great getting to know you, and uh, we appreciate everything you're doing. And best luck in the future.
0: Well, thank you for staying, everybody. Too this is awesome. I'm gonna sing a few songs if you want to stick around. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you.